This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hello, welcome back to another Swans Cast podcast, and welcome back, Lee, for our first podcast of the new year, isn't it? I think so. Oh, oh no, it's win. not a second one. We've done one. We've done one with Ben, didn't we? It's a good start. It's, it's a good start of the pod. Yeah, it's look. I tell you what, <laughs> and this is how I was going to lead in. It's been quite a while since the last championship game, or so it seems, because a lot has yeah. happened uh, at Swansea for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we went from having no manager. To having a manager, I think a lot of excitement around it. Obviously, there's been FA Cup, so I kind of broke up the league games. But it feels like quite a while since our last last league game, which was a win against West Brom, and obviously Alan Sheehan's last game, one nil win, hard fought. And I feel like a lot has changed. A lot of cha- has changed in the discourse and the the feeling around the club as well. Uh, you know, there was a general feeling of it's taking too long. You know, it's a bit of a disaster. The manager hunt. Changed to a lot of positivity and excitement around who they've actually appointed. And obviously, if you haven't, um, well, if you've only really listened to the last podcast, we haven't been here for a few episodes, we haven't spoke about it, but Luke Williams has been appointed as the new Swansea City manager. Uh, I did do a video with a Notts County fan um, that came out a few days ago, so a lot of you might have seen that already to get some inside information about how he did at his last club, obviously being... Notts County, where we have kind of stolen him from again for the second time this season, taking a manager from lower league, uh, where they were quite successful. So let's hope it works this time around. Uh, it's, but yeah. it's, the, uh, it's the other way around. It's normally it's us, isn't it? It's just like a sliding scale, isn't it? Well, it's still us, really. You just We're in the middle, so we do it. Yeah. It gets done to us, and then we, we do, do it to someone well. else. It's just on this occasion... I think it's the first time in quite a while where we've sacked someone rather than either that it's run his course. Like Steve Cooper, I don't think he was technically sacked, was he? It just kind of run run his course. Um or manager being poached for to go up, I guess, in, in the hierarchy, even though Russell Martin was the same uh, league in the end. Obviously they got relegated. So at the time of move we would say how Southampton is probably a better job. Being honest, I know a lot of people wouldn't like to hear that, but that's the reality. Um, and yeah, we then go down the food chain ourselves. And most people, I think, are quite happy with the appointment. I think so. I think um, 
the general feeling I've got from people is that it's quite exciting. I think, you know, the t- time will tell, but I think it's, uh, you're just desperate for someone who's got a bit of character and he seems like he's come in and he said the right things and a lot of people speak really highly of him as a person as yeah. well as a manager. So, and I think that's what we said a million times. I think that's what Russell Martin got right. That's why so many people got behind him was that they liked him as a person and, you know, the way he came across. And I think Luke Williams is very much in that mold. So I think, um, I think it's got a lot of people excited, including myself. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into uh, watching his team play now. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, let us know in the comments what you think about the managerial appointment of Luke Williams. Is it something that makes you happy? Is it is it the direction you wanted the club to go in with the managerial appointment and the style that he's probably going to bring in? Or are you a bit apprehensive? Do you think, well, I'm not sure. He's obviously come up from League Two, so it's a bit of a jump. We're going to talk about all that today in this podcast, but we'd be interested to hear how you feel because quite often what you see on social media is the people who are more vocal and sometimes that doesn't reflect everyone's opinion so it'd be nice to hear what the fans in general are thinking because it seems like it's positive but I'm just curious if that is what everyone is feeling and if everyone isn't feeling if anyone isn't feeling positive what are the reasons for that and what what's making you a bit nervous or what are you worried about just be interesting to kind of see um those opinions, I guess, but yeah, yeah let's, let's get so. stuck into what he's gonna give. Uh, yeah, Guan Lee. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, I guess, I guess, just looking at it from both ways, I guess the only thing <clears throat> that I can think of playing devil's advocate is that, um, you know, he managed in obviously the the national league last season and league two this year. So I think the the biggest hurdle he's got to come over is a criticism that some people will have that he's only done it in the lower league. So, um, I guess you know. Can he do it coming up to a different level? So I guess that'll be the that's the big question surrounding about him. I don't think there's any doubt that he plays good football and he's got the right philosophy, but it's just can he can he do it at this level? I think that's gonna be the, the one that's chucked against him. Yep, yeah, and you only find that out um when when you get the chance to kind of show it, I guess. Now I've spoken to some people who have different opinions. So like I said, what I see online is generally positive. Uh, people are happy with it, they're happy to see the style of football, which just as a basic comparison, you're probably going to see more akin to what we saw under Russell Martin. There will be differences, of course, the different managers, the different people. But before we've started, it's hard to kind of say what we're going to see. And a good guideline and a good pointer would be what we did under Russell Martin. Expect some version of that, probably altered slightly, a changed, you know, I guess he went took his own ideas how to make that better at Notts County. And what you can say is the goals they scored was a lot more than what we were seeing in Russell Martin's system, albeit at a lower level, which which is has to be put there with an asterisk, you know, um, non-league and then League Two. Maybe it's easier to score more goals because the opposition that you're up against, perhaps the defensive um, capabilities are not quite as high. But then I guess you could say the same for attackers in this league. You know, you balance out, wouldn't it? So it'd be interesting to see if you can hit the same sort of levels. Um, but people don't maybe realise, because I think there's been a lot said about Luke Williams as he used to be our assistant. He went to be manager of Notts County and now he's here. He did actually manage before he was the assistant here. Yeah. So he had a spell at Swindon Town as manager in 2015-16. Um, 
So again, lower leagues. I will double check what league Swindon Town were in back then in a second. Um, but I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously that was his first managerial job, so it wasn't quite the success what he had at Notts County. He also had a spell at Bristol under-21s before going with Russell Martin to MK Dons and obviously then Swansea as well. So he has had some experience, obviously went developed further under Russell Martin and has gone back into management and done really well where he was at Notts County. So for Notts County, uh, and I'll get the stats up now because it is quite impressive what he actually did in the, in the lower leagues. I just get it. So last season they were like the top goal scorers, definitely of the non-league, but I believe one of the top of the whole English system. Um, and I shall just grab that for you. Should have got this up ready, really. Rookie of me. That's yeah, what happens sure when we record straight sure after the were, I'm sure they were top scorers in the um in the yeah, system I, last year. Yeah, I've got I've got it here now. So we've got um 117 goals. Which is crazy because then obviously they finished second place, right? They went up with Wrexham. Wrexham also went up. Um, Notts County had to do this with the playoffs because their big game against each other obviously went in Wrexham's favour. I think it was a big documented title battle and it was all, all over the, the series that um, Ryan Reynolds and stuff's doing. So I guess to be the other team kind of involved in that is yeah. got to be good for your club. But they... Scored 117 goals. Wrexham scored 116. It's crazy how they both kind of got to those levels in the same season, and they got 107 points in um, in the National League this season so far. Then in League Two, they are sitting in sixth currently um, on 42 points, and they've scored 55 goals at the halfway point of this roughly halfway point of the season we're at now, and we I think we're slightly over, but. Um, there or thereabouts, but Swansea, for comparison, have scored 35. Now, there has been a lot said about Notts County defence this season, so they've conceded 47, and if you want to compare, we've conceded 39. So, again, a different league, so it's not quite as comparable, but they, they are the numbers. What I would say is um, the fact that they've got promoted, and the same for Wrexham, because they're obviously doing very well this season as well, but they've come up from non-league. I don't think it's very often you see teams come up from non-league that are straight away challenging in the playoffs and looking to get back-to-back -back promotions. So you're entering the football league system at the professional level and they're looking to push on again. So as much has been said about them being quite leaky at the back this season for a team sitting in the playoffs, I think there's definitely got to be some level of credit to take a team that's come up from non-league to challenge to be in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I think he's, he's obviously translated what he did in non-league into League Two, which is uh, <clears throat> which sounds exciting for us. And I think the you know people will say about the the goals he concedes, but we haven't really been able to defend ourselves since since Martin. Cooper was here, really, have we? Like, I, I we weren't very good defensively under Martin for two seasons, and we yeah. obviously weren't very good defensively under Duff. And I think. <clears throat> It's probably something that's going to take a while to fix. So, I think in the meantime, if you can score a bag load of goals, um, then then bring it on. Because I don't think, um, you know, it's not it's not an easy fix. It's definitely not an easy fix. Um, but he's spoken a big game in his press conference, saying he wants to defend with the same sort of what was the word they used aggression. I think that they attack with. 
So he knows it's an issue that he probably needs to continue to tweak and work on. Maybe with the personnel he's got, he'd be able to do that a bit better here. But also, right, and I think this is an important bit that gets forgotten, Notts County had a very good defence last season in National League. They were one of the best defences. They had, I think, either the most or the second most amount of clean sheets in the league, and obviously they, they went up and got promoted. Their defensive issues have been more apparent this season, but they've largely gone into the higher league, and you know the National League gap to the Football League is is professional level to non-professional level, or semi-professional level. The fact that they continued scoring is the reason they're in the playoffs, and so maybe they haven't quite caught up with the defending at the highest standard yet, you know, and maybe that's fair enough in terms of the progress of the club and where the club is at with the, the personnel they have available there. So I'm not sure how much we should read into that until we kind of see what he does here. Yeah, yeah, time will tell. I think um, uh, Tom said on the podcast, I'm near with you, um, about Notts County, and they said that they were yeah. loyal to the players that got them promoted. So Yeah, he said know, a bit too like loyal, said, potentially. Yeah, so players making a step up into that league. Obviously, it is going to be harder harder defensively it always is every time you take a step up you need you you need to improve the new to to match the level with the with the squad you've yeah. got so yeah i guess the, the proof will just be in uh you know over the next couple of games i think there's going to be a lot of like expectancy on the on the first couple of games because i think we've been waiting for so long so i think um it'd be, it needs a good start i think yeah and tom also mentioned about some of the players uh, that are really important for him during his time I think the one everyone knows about is Macaulay Langstaff. He scored 19 goals this season in League Two. Was Jerry Yates on? Seven? Eight? Seven. Not all in the league. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it doesn't look like, unfortunately, we're going to make a move for him in January if you want to take what he said in a press conference. And you might not want to hear it as your club's new manager, but I think you've got to respect that people talk about loyalty a lot in football these days. And I know we had some comments from Notts County fans in, in the video I did with Tom, um, like with the fans saying, oh, he'll tell you he loves you, and but then he'll leave. Every manager does that these days. You know, Every single one of our recent managers has done it. Martin did it, Cooper did it, uh, Potter did it. So you've got to respect that it's a career for them as well. And when that opportunity comes to, in this case, jump two leagues, you, it's very hard to turn that down, you know. Because it could go the other way, and you're out of a job and not really in managerial work if it if it doesn't go well. So it's, it can easily go either way. But um, I think he showed his loyalty to Notts County in the way that he spoke about a potential move to Macaulay Langstaff, who is being linked with other clubs and maybe isn't going to be a Notts County player at the end of the month anyway. But he basically said, you know, he he's basically like the player of Notts County, and he doesn't want to take that away from them while they've got a chance of getting promoted you know he wants them to stay there to ensure they go go up and I, I think that's showing the respect and the loyalty that maybe staying there doesn't but in a different way if that makes sense yeah yeah i think it does i think it's the right thing to do because they've they've probably had that conversation i mean they you know in all this time where they've been trying to get this trying to get the deal over the line they've had conversations about what they you know what they can and can't do in the transfer market, and what players they're likely to bring in. And he would have been a Notts County, so he, you know, he's got the information to say, like, look, a fee. I saw like five million was quoted somewhere, so he probably would have said himself, like, look, nothing under five million is going to bring him away from Notts County. So, 
and I can only imagine that that was laughed at in the <clears throat> in the transfer discussion. So, you know, he's done the right thing as well to say, like, you know, not to not to sort of disrupt him as well because they probably had a good working relationship over those over those couple <laughs> of seasons. But I think I, I'm quite excited because I've looked at someone like say Jerry Yates, for example, and I've like, kind of called him out quite a bit on the podcast, saying that he hasn't really done that. Oh, you much. don't really like Jerry Yates, Lee. Well, it's not, it's not so much I don't like. It's not so much I don't like him. I think there's a player in there, but I'm just saying for us, he hasn't done <clears throat> a lot or what was expected of him pre-season. So, but but you know, a lot of people have said like you know he doesn't get the service and all this, and he's not playing in the right system. And fine, I'll take that on board. So let's hope that now with Luke Williams coming in, they took Langstaff from like Gateshead, didn't they? And then he's kind of built he's built that Notts County team with him with him involved and got him all those goals. So why can't it work um, for another striker? Maybe he can do the same with Yates, you know what I mean? So hopefully, if Yates can flourish in this system, there's no reason why he can't get, you know, 15, 16 goals. You know? Yeah, no, that's right. Um, and I don't think that the sofa scores up there correctly, but I think Jerry Yates is on seven for the season with... Um, Six in the championship, definitely scored one in the FA Cup. I'm not 100 on the League Cup. If you can remember, we only had Bournemouth, didn't we? Was there another game? Northampton as well. Wasn't Northampton it? as well. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but yes, I come. I think it's a bit of a glitch here, but yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not giving me the stats yet. Unfortunately, I think he's on seven for the season, uh, which isn't an awful tally. You know, you could argue he's on target. Uh, he reached 14 at Blackpool last season in a team that got relegated. People thought he'd push on from there in, with our team, and maybe he hasn't. But you could argue he's on course to match it. If he continues the same sort of output, then 14 is attainable, probably from where he is now. It just depends whether you think that's good enough or not. Um, it's probably not awful, is it? But maybe you expect more, or expected it's more. Not, it's, not, it's not a bad goal return, but I think um, I think the idea was that he scored 14 in a in a struggling team. So that if we were, uh, you know, pl- well, we were hoping that we were going to play, you know, a certain style of football that was going to suit him, then maybe he'd get a bit more. But, you know, nothing's really worked out this season as we've planned. And that being one of them, I'm just, you know, I'm just being optimistic that now we can kick on. I, I guess the only thing was that you can see there's a goal scorer in there. Like when he gets a chance, he scores and everyone says he doesn't get the service. But it's like, well... You kind of need him to do more than that in a in a in a passing system. You can't just have a striker that's just like on the edge of everything and getting, you know, just getting those those finishes at the end of a move. You kind of need him to be involved, like we've seen it with Perot. Um, <clears throat> and you know, hope, hopefully Luke Williams gets the best because it was interesting that Luke said the other, uh, Tom sorry said the other day that um, people were starting to mark Langstaff a bit and they dropped him deeper. And I just thought that was kind of like so parallel to what we did with Peru, that he was, you know, scoring so many goals, and then you sort of slowly saw him coming deeper and deeper into that kind of ten role. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm still just optimistic now. It's my challenge to Yates, uh, hopefully that he can flourish in this system. Okay, because we talked about kind of moving on to talk about style a little bit here. So obviously Michael Duff um, brought in in the summer. And I don't think it was an admission necessary from the club that they wanted to go in a different direction. But 
it clearly was different from what Russell Martin was doing, so they didn't try to continue that either. I think they thought he was going to bring some form of attack in football with a bit more purpose without necessarily prioritising possession. It's probably a good way of putting it. I don't think they necessarily thought he was going to bring boring or defensive or anything like that. I just think they were happy that it was going to be different, but the different was going to be successful. And it didn't work. And that's whatever the, the reasoning for bringing him in. Obviously, it didn't end well. I think I do personally think set up to fail a little bit before it began, or at least was doomed to fail before it began from certain aspects. The fact that he wasn't Russell Martin, the fact that he didn't play that football, the fact that he couldn't really do a press conference very well. All these things contributed and I think put more pressure on him every single week. And I think that pressure ultimately made things worse than they should have and could have been. And we found ourselves in this situation now where a month after looking for a manager with one that probably would have uh, got the job turning us down. So do you say, well, Luke Williams wasn't first choice or do you say they were all just first choice, he just wasn't approached first? I guess it depends who you ask that question to. Um, Yeah, is it admission admission from the club that they got it wrong and we're going back a different direction? Or do they just see it as continuous progress? What do you think? I don't know. I think when you when you sack the manager, you've got to when you're without the manager, like in the summer, you've got to try and get the you've got to try and get the best manager that's available to you. I think Luke Williams may not have even been in the conversations in the summer because they've only just been promoted. Um, you know, they've only just been promoted from the national league, so maybe yeah. that wasn't even. You know, that, Maybe that on the radar, but let's see him do it in league football level yeah. first. Yeah, so I think, you know, you had, I, I, you know, we could believe they sort of looked at Chris Davis as well in the summer, which hasn't worked out twice. But I guess, you know, on, on paper, Duff seemed, it seemed like a, it seemed like a fine appointment when it happened in the summer. I think everybody was kind of optimistic, and they again, like we are now, because he said in his first couple of press conferences, he said the right thing. He said, you know, I want to play attacking football. Yeah. I think. The criticism we had of the previous regime was that we had maybe too much possession without any end product. So he comes in and says, you know, um, you know, we will have possession, but we'll also be a bit more direct and we attack. And everyone was kind of like, yeah, that's exactly what we need. But a lot of fans didn't like that though, because they saw it as a digger, Russell Martin. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a diff- that's a different story, isn't it? But no, but I mean, like like on on paper, I was well personally, I was fine with it. I thought it, it could work. Yeah. You know, he'd done all right at Barnsley. Barnsley fans spoke highly of him, like the Notts County fans are speaking highly of Luke Williams now. So it made sense. It just didn't work. It, it's not. It's not always going to work. I do think like he, he didn't help himself. I think, again, like we say with Russell Martin, he was so good at what he said that even when we had bad times, there was still a core of people that just still backed him, and you could feel it. The tension was never as bad. Like some games at home towards the end of Duff's regime was just toxic. Yeah. Because the problem is people didn't like him. They didn't like him as a person. They didn't like what he said. So it's difficult to get behind him anyway. So I think that's where the downfall was. Now with Luke Williams, I get I know it's early days, but I do get the opposite feeling that he's kind of he's kind of good with the words he says. He's quite you know, when he when he talks you want to listen. Um It's all that that video of him talking about short corners and his 
shows yeah. says it already. He's got, you know, how... he's just got a bit of personality, hasn't he? I mean, and we saw it on Saturday on the sideline. He was going berserk, and he's got that energy. And I think people are just going to buy into that instantly. And that in itself will probably give a manager more time than 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 anything really. It does also seem like the players are happy with the appointment. Uh, there's a few speaking in the media about how he's been so far. I've heard that he's called every single player in individually and had an individual conversation about his expectations. Yates has been speaking about what his expectations are and how he feels like it's going to suit him a lot more. Um, I think Matt Grimes has been speaking positively of his previous time at the club and how he's excited for him to be returning. Charlie Patino has been talking. I know he found himself out of the team before he came in as well, so maybe he's got different uh, reasons to be happy about a new manager coming in and obviously the links with Juventus won't go away for him as well which um, maybe we can talk about that a bit later but it looks like the squad's on board and it depends where you believe there's obviously rumours going around like oh yeah they wanted a certain style of play and they made their feelings clear to the board stuff like that's resurfaced in the last week as well Um, but I'm sure stuff goes on behind closed doors all the time. Whether it needs to be a, a news headline is another is another yeah. story, you know. So maybe they were asked, like, what what direction do you think we should go in? Who knows? Oh yeah, I think it's a massive. Yeah, it is. A, I think it is a big. Uh, I think it is a big uh, factor now to have the players on board. I think they have more. They have more power than the manager really in some ways these days. If the players are unhappy, then the manager's never going to succeed, yeah. and that's why man management is probably the most important thing in football these days because by all accounts Luke Williams is really good at it and it seems like he is already from what from what you've just said as well and from what um, yeah. uh, Tom said in the podcast the other day it seems like he's got he's got that and the players will get along with him Russell Martin was good at it I think Steve Cooper was good at it you know I think Potter was good at it as well I think a lot of players spoke highly of them all and didn't quite get that sense with Duff there wasn't kind of a lot of people coming out and saying you know, I but you know they normally come out and say, yeah, we back the manager. We know what he's doing. You know, yeah, Balassi like did like a day after yeah, he signed. After he signed, yeah, they just you know straight from the media handbook. But you know what I mean? You think a lot of players will speak about the manager when they you know they say like, oh, you know, we're, we're behind the manager. Even when the pressure was on, Duff, a lot of players normally come out in that situation and say like, look, you know, we're all behind the manager. We're back in the plan. We know what we do. But nobody to my knowledge, came out and said anything along those lines. So, no. <clears throat> yeah, the feeling it just wasn't quite working behind the scenes with the players either. So, hopefully that, that'll be rectified now because a lot of them have worked, well, not a lot of them, but a few of them have worked with him before. So, um, you know, hopefully it's, it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, and go back to my original question. I think we need to return to Andy Coleman's statement where he said, he now understands more about what Swansea is and what style people want and how important that is to the city and the community. Um, and I think maybe he is admitting that he got... As I think he's admitting maybe he was the wrong appointment, but he also spoke highly of Duff in the conference um, before the Birmingham game. You know, he, he said, obviously, it didn't quite work out, and that's fair. But he said, you know, he's a good person and they had a good relationship still. So it's, I guess it's nice to hear that it was civil, even if it did end the way that it that it ended. Yeah. Um, but I think credit where due as well, because we said when he released that statement, 
is it just words or is he going to actually show merit? And you've got to say, as much as it's early days and we haven't seen what Luke Williams is going to bring yet, it is essentially Russell Martin version two because that's it's the same style. He's going to put it in Notts County and he's going to put his own spin on it, but it's going to be a very similar approach, yeah? So I think you have to give credit. What he said in that statement, he's followed through. They took the time. I think we spoke actually with, with Ben in the last episode where we were saying, you know, is dragging on, is that bad? Or is it, you know, do we praise it or do we complain about it? And I think I said at the time, it's easy to say it's frustrating, it's annoying, but wouldn't you rather it than rush it and get the wrong guy? And I think now there's someone in, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, credit where to you, they took the time and they got someone that fits. And yeah, we haven't seen him kick a ball yet really other than the FA Cup game. But I think it is important that they just ignored all the outside noise and just did their process the way they were doing it and got the guy that they wanted at the end. And if this ends badly, I don't think anyone can say they didn't try and fit the sort of um, expectations that the fans have been asking for because they've definitely tried to tick those boxes. Yeah, no, you you spot on. I think in so many words, he's come out and said that they've they've got it wrong, or that you know they they went for something and it didn't work, and they've held their hands up and said, look, it didn't work. And then what he's saying is, I understand what everybody actually wants now because enough people have moaned that they want to see yeah. a certain type of football now they've delivered that he said they've taken their time they found a manager who's going to do exactly that whether they get the results or not that's his style of play so i i, I can't i can't argue with that i can't argue with it they, they they've done what they said they were going to do they've answered the cries of all the fans who say and they want to see a certain style of football so let's see what happens they've asked for the football so let's see what happens as much as I said at the start of this video, I think the general discourse has been that and positive and this is what the fans want. I know from one or two conversations I've had in person rather than on social media, there is a section of the fan base that isn't that excited, isn't that impressed. It's a bit like, oh, I don't know about this one. Um, but and, and I think a lot of that comes from pulling up from League Two. So I think it's important to touch on that side of things as well. And I also want to touch on Chris Davis a little bit here. Um, that that is fair. I think it's a, it's bringing a manager up from um, League Two, so you could you could label that as a risk. Um, just for clarification, if you didn't watch the video I did on the the preview with Tom the other day, the Notts County preview, uh, well, not Notts County preview, but preview of the Notts County fan. Um, Luke Williams' record at Notts County has essentially left him with a points per game of one point nine eight, and that's that's quite high. Uh, points per game so there's 18 matches 48 wins 14 draws and 18 defeats so decent record but yeah a gulf in leagues he's skipping league one comes straight to the championship however what i will say is if you think this is a risky appointment for swansea and you're not like that excited to think oh my god we're going why are we always going to the lower leagues we should be getting someone in more experience with that championship level why do we ever show ambition because that's some of those things i've heard from the other side is that it's not a name and we should be looking for someone with experience with a name because you know we are recently a premier league club and all of the rest of it um if you look at our historic successful managers they've all kind of been risks going as far back we spoke to kenny jacket the other day this we were his first 
um, proper managerial club. Now I know that was when we were in League Two, so maybe it's less of a thing. But then after him, you get Roberto Martinez. He was the same same thing. You know, he came over to bring this style of football, and he was the first you know, first job Martin, for him. Martinez is the biggest example because he had no managerial experience. He just finished playing. I yeah. think they'd offered him a player manager role at Chester when he retired, and he didn't want to do like a player manager role. I think he wanted to finish playing. Um, and then the Swans brought him in and he was only 33 at the time. So that was the biggest risk. And he is, I, I believe someone can correct me. I think he's still our most successful manager in terms of win rate. Um, so that, you know, this, 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 this is a, it's a moot argument really. Yeah. I, I just, I was just highlighting this. I was just, you know, saying like he yeah, was yeah. a risk. Yeah. It was league one. He got us, he got well, yeah, League One. I think he got us to the championship, didn't he? So and that's when he left us. Paulo Sousa, I'm not gonna claim to know his previous jobs before he came to us and it was only a one year spell. Maybe the anomaly in the in the field here. But Brendan Rogers, yeah. as much as we weren't his first job, first successful job, I think it's fair to say he had two that didn't work out prior to us, Redden and Watford, I wanna say. Yeah, yeah. And really, you know, his stock wasn't high when he came to us. Um after that, Michael Loudrup as much as he'd been a quality player, I had not really done anything managerial-wise to shout home about. And you could argue less risky because of his respect you get as a player. But still, it's pre- that's Premier League level. So for, for, a, for a manager that hasn't really done it before to bring him in a Premier League, that is a risk still. And obviously that worked out fantastically for us. Maybe there's a couple of dodgy ones preceding him. But Gary Monk even came straight from our squad to take over and factually had a most successful season in the Premier League yeah. as much as it might have ended badly he had got our highest finish straight yeah. from coming from the club squad so go you can go ahead to them Graham Potter uh, didn't ever manage in the English system Steve Cooper never managed a club other than um, underage international teams and being in coaching work and stuff and even Russell Martin, he came from lower league and came up and everyone loves him for what he did. So or a large section of the fan base love him for what he did. So I don't I look, I understand it doesn't always work out perfectly, but I think we've got a good track record of these risks working out in our favour. I think these managers are also hungry, want to prove that they can do it. They they have that like aspirations and they put the energy in and the work rate in and the work ethics there. I think that's why it works, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're spot on. I think it it's an exciting one because it definitely it's going back to what everybody wants. Everybody wants the, the the Swansea way, as they call it. But, you know, it's going back to that model of picking these young, hungry managers to, and giving them a chance. And I think that works in our favour more often than not. Um you know, it's what we've done. That gap between like Monk and Potter, where we got relegated, was kind of when we went against that, really, where we brought in managers who had been around and done different jobs and kind of been in the game for a while. And that's when, and you know, another, I know, other factors contributed to us getting relegated. But then, like you said, yeah, <laughs> Potter was great, young manager, Cooper, Martin, you know, Duff didn't quite work out. But um, yeah, I think this is this is in that mold. And I think. There's, there's no there's no issue with it, not for me. I think it's, it's what we need. I think it's because Duff didn't work out, because realistically Duff was also in that mould, really, you know, two yeah, lower league clubs yeah. and moving he up. Was. Yeah. Um, and he didn't work out. And look, out of all them names I mentioned, in that model, he's probably the one stands out as not being the success, okay? So 
it was always going to happen that one of them didn't work out, and maybe he was the one. But I don't think it's necessarily something to be really worried about, and I think it is yeah. a, worth, a risk worth taking. Um, and what I was going to say about Chris Davis is, Chris Davis would have been another one exactly the same. What? Yeah, he, I don't believe he's managed a club before, from what I know, other than being assistant. And I know he was assistant here under Brendan, and maybe that's where the link came in, and that's where the excitement came from. But I don't like nobody really knows what he would have offered as a manager. What was his style of play, and what we would have got out of that? No, would have been a risk as well. Same with um, Ramsey as well. He was linked, you know, from Man United. Never managed, never managed a senior team on it, you know, as as a as a head coach. So. All all of these appointments would have been a risk, but isn't it? But isn't it so much better that you're linked with these? For me, anyway, that you're linked with like a Chris Davis and a an Eric Ramsey and a Luke Williams, and these names are thrown into the mix rather than the same names that just get floated about the championship all the time. Yeah, that that would that would be devastating for me if we were linked with the you know. And, and it's no disrespect to some of these managers, but like obviously we'll come on and talk about Birmingham. We've just appointed Tony Mowbray, who's like just gone from West Brom or. I can't remember who he was before West Brom. Blackburn it was, wasn't it? Blackburn to Sunderland and then to uh, to Birmingham. And I think they just that those sort of appointments would would drive me insane. And like Sunderland appointed Michael Beale, didn't they? Who'd been a QPR and then gone the Rangers and then come back. And I just think I'd much rather us do it this way than, than doing it that way. Yeah. Um just move your mic up a little bit. I think he was getting a bit of your Darth Vader in then, but it's all, it's all good. It's all right. Um, the last thing I want to say before we look at more of the football side then is uh, Paul Watson. So in the press conference ahead of Birmingham, Andy Coleman has said that Paul Watson led the hunt for the manager, got the guy, I guess, Andy Coleman went and drove to his house. We've heard that story now where he drove up three hours to... Um, Luke Williams' house to kind of get over the line, but Paul Watson led it, and I'm not here to kind of ship praise on Watson. What I'm trying to highlight is he's been getting a lot of stick and criticism and negativity for some of the decisions he's made since he's been at the club so far this, uh, well, this in the last year, I guess, isn't it? Um, but I haven't seen anyone that's been raving about the appointment of Luke Williams give Paul Watson an inch of credit. Now, if you're going to give him all this stick for all the stuff that he, all the players and personnel he's brought in that you haven't agreed with, when the manager that you wanted has been appointed to bring the style of play that you wanted, I would hope that you could be consistent with what you put out on social media. That's, that's what I want to say. That's fair. No, that's fair. Because I think what he's been getting negativity-wise, right, no matter what your opinion is of the guy... Some of it's too far, but that's just my opinion. No, I think I yeah no I I agree. I think I don't understand a lot of it. Like I think it's kind of it's kind of been the name that's to to blame for everything that's gone yeah. on so far this season. And I think there's more than one factor that's contributed to what's happened so far. And we're not in like I've seen comments that people said, you know, to us on Twitter that we're in like an absolute state and stuff like this. I'm like, hang on, it's not... Sometimes it can feel like that when you're a fan of a club. You're kind of like, oh, this is awful and this is so bad. But when you... when you, And I'm bad for it. I know this is why we don't do pods like straight after games because you, you run with your emotions then you and you say these things. We need that to get just, Twitter spaces going because you, no, you will just, say a lot of good stuff. 
but I like we have conversations after games, don't we? And I say stuff, and yeah. then the next day I'm like, oh, I wait. I can't we usually have a little mini argument. It's not an argument, but I'm just trying to be reasonable and uh, level-headed. And you're the other extreme of emotion where you're like, nah, it's, it's all yeah. wrong. I'm the same. I'm the same the other way. If we win three 0 I'm like, yeah, we're absolutely amazing, and we're going to win. We're going to win the league and everything. And I need bringing down a peg. Um, I can't remember what point I was going to make now because I was thinking we probably have the same on Saturday after the game, whatever the result is on the way home. But uh, yeah, no, but I think like, yeah, there's, um, yeah, we've had people like in our comments saying we're in a, we're in an absolute state because of what's, and I think, we're, you know, come on, like yeah. it's not, it's not been great, but we're not, you know, we could be Rotherham. You could be, you know, we could be bottom of the league. Absolutely. Wallowing. And well, I mean, we've we got spoke, a fresh I, start here. I spoke to that guy, um, I spoke to the Morecambe uh, preview the other day. Um, his name slips me now. Salmon, his surname was. I forgot his first name, but Mr. Salmon, let's say. I spoke to um, ahead of the Morecambe game, and he was telling us about the troubles they are facing as a club. And and we had some of our fans commenting, actually, saying, oh, do you know what? Like, I'm glad we're not in that situation. And I think sometimes if you open your eyes a bit and look at the wider football league, there are so many other clubs that have it so much worse off. We have had a bad season and we were only three points off last season. Now, when we highlighted that, people were telling us like, oh yeah, but you know, we haven't got a structure now. We haven't got a system now. We haven't got a style of play and identity now. So it's awful. That can all come back. If your club goes out of, like if your club disappears, sometimes it doesn't come back. And other fans have had that in recent years. So, like, give yourself a wobble a little bit and yeah. see why it's actually bad. I'm not saying you can't be frustrated and oh, no, I, I mean, vocalise I, that, but I mean, but there yeah, is yeah. definitely a different level of... It is, um, it is, it is, it is drawn a balance, because I think, like, if things are going wrong, like they were, then it is good to be um, vocal about it, to, yeah. to sort of show that it is going in that direction. But... Like I said, there's more than one reason for why it's gone that way this season, and it, like I've been vocal about it about the owners in general. Like this, this is another conversation altogether. But you know, long term, we've said like how bad we think the owners have been over time, and and the mistakes that they've made. And you've got to vocalise those things. You can't just sort of say like, oh well, you know, um, oh we're not Morecambe, so we're not allowed to say anything. That's not what we're saying at all. Um, you have got to vocalise it. But I think. Some of the some of the like the language and the statements are being made way over the top, you know. And do you think like the like the the banners in the crowd like Watson out is a bit a bit extreme? I, I don't know. It seemed a bit. I don't think he's done enough bad stuff to be hounded out of the club. Like, like if you got if if the issues run deeper and it's the ownership, I understand that. I know where that comes yeah, from. Totally, totally. You know? that, yeah. But like, what's the blame just being shifted onto the guy they brought in now to bring some people in, like? It's not like every single person he's brought to the club has been a failure. I, I don't really understand how it's all down to him. So if Luke Williams now is an absolute, like, resounding success, are they then going to change? Because let's put it into perspective, yeah. If Luke Williams is a success, you'd imagine the coaching team that's been brought in to support him also does a good job. The players that he is now going to sign under his uh, leadership would have to do a good job for us to be a success, you know. Say it ends up in a playoff push or something this season, next season, whenever. Say that is what happens. What like why should Watson then be having any criticism? So 
Do you know what I mean? But will we see that change? Will we see that discord change? Or was the, was the opinion already made because of this agenda of him trying to turn us into Luton? Because that's all it seems to me, because he yeah, brought think, in yeah, one is, or two yeah. players, because Nathan Jones gets linked every time there's a managerial vacancy. But like, there's no substance behind that. Like, does that actually mean he's ever close to the job? Or does it just mean Skybet are like, oh, well, this guy used to work at Luton and he's really close friends with Nathan Jones, so we're going to put him up in the odds because he might give his mate a job. Like, is there actually any context there? Or people just jumping on it and the bandwagon to, like, come at this guy? And I'm not saying he's done a perfect job, but I also don't think he's been the howler that everyone makes out that he is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's I think it's balance. I think you can criticise it. And it and it comes across like we are, like, pro-Watson, but we're not, like, pro-Watson. It's just that yeah, when I'm... people go so far the other way, you've got to kind of battle against it a little bit. But um, but I think that's probably that's probably the idea, isn't it? He's been brought in, and he's kind of the face. Uh, he's kind of the face that everybody hates because if it goes wrong, he's kind of the ones that takes the stick because we know the owners are absolutely yeah. And, and I guess the role of he kind of takes that. Stick. What do you call it, sporting director or whatever? I guess maybe you could argue it takes some of the criticism away from the manager if some of the like sign-ins are not going well. Maybe that structure of management is, like is. by design to. It's very much. It's very much like um. It's well, I, I hope I'm not too wrong saying this, but I think it's very much like an NFL model where the owners own the the team. Uh, they don't really get involved with the day to day. They hire a, a let's say they call it a general manager in the NFL who hires the managers of the team and and signs the players or you know they draft players, and then if it doesn't work out. It's kind of their head on the line, so it's kind of it's that sort of thing. Paul Watson is the sporting director; he's like in charge of hiring the managers or being involved in the manager search and signing players. And his head will roll if it doesn't work in, you know, two three years. You know, yeah. But like, do you know if this doesn't work now with Luke Williams? <clears throat> what I was trying to say is, the fans were buzzing about his appointment in terms of the play style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Are the fans also wrong for asking for that? Yeah, I don't know. Do you I, know think, what I, mean? I think. Yeah, no, I know. Like what you mean. so, like so, just because he's in that role, he's got to get sacked then because he brought him in. But that's what everyone wanted. So, are you all wrong? That's that's what I get confused with. And in terms of the players that he's brought in, you could say fifty percent have worked out and fifty percent haven't yet. But some of them are youngsters and could still work out. So, some. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable, load up Swans TV, grab your phone, and order a McDelivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Some of the fees, you know, you say two million for Jerry Yates. He scored seven goals, so is two million for seven goals like bad? Maybe you expect more, but is that a bad return? How much did we sell Perot for? Fourteen, wasn't it? For twenty goals. Yeah. Two million for seven. By do you know what I mean? If you do the numbers. Yeah, I know, but I think I. Yeah, I, you'd probably get more than that anyway. You'd probably get more than seven, wouldn't you, by the end of the season? Yeah, we're only halfway through the season. So if you say one million for seven goals, then I'd be, you know that's probably actually all right for a striker. You just yeah, want I to see more on a pitch. Yeah, but like the, if you, no, I was going to say the. I think the the problem is, like like I said, when you're a sporting director, you're going to take the blame. So when we're in that window, when we're in that window, like over Christmas and or just before Christmas and into Christmas, where we didn't have a manager. Um, there was a lot of criticism on the players that we've got um, because it hasn't gone so well this season. He was the man that had to take the blame, wasn't he? Because it's gone so it's gone so yeah. bad this season. I understand that; that's fine. But for the like, like you said, for it to be like the level that it is, like let's just okay, they've got it wrong. Hopefully, they fixed it now. Let's let's, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't get it. I just I, get, I just I, hope. I take criticism. That's fine because. With the, the, the position we were in, I get that people were saying, you know, Duff was the wrong appointment. We don't look like we're doing much on the pitch. Whatever. Fine. So you can say, like, look, they got it wrong this season. He's got it wrong. Fine. No no bother with that. Criticise him. But for it to be at the level it is, I, I, yeah, I don't understand that. If it continues to happen further down the road, then yeah, fair enough. But not at this level yet. Like, they could have, um, like I said, you, they could have stumbled on an absolute mastermind here again, and we could have you know, two, three seasons of a great manager. Um, and then everybody be gutted when he goes again. So, you know, it'd be, you know, let's just yeah. wait and see. I just went this Paul Watson stuff, right? Not a Paul Watson fanboy by any means. I just don't like unfair criticism. And all I want to see is everyone that called him out, if Luke Williams' time at Swansea is successful, I just want to see that same response the other way around. Because... He's the guy who brought him in. So that's that's what it's boiled down to. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't think we will see that, but um, that's all I'm trying to say, really. And it, it's frustrating because that's that's the negative sides of social media, I think. Uh, but but let's let's move on from that and quickly touch on uh, some of the football. So we went to the Morecambe game. Now, I don't think it's too much to talk about, really, with this one because... Yeah. It was like a day after the announcement of Luke Williams. I think he really signed on a day prior to that again. Uh, did the full day of training and whatsoever, but I believe Alan Sheehan picked the team for that match. Quite heavily changed. It was 11 changes. As much as... I think the 11 changes sounds worse than it actually was, though, because I think as much as it was 11 changes, there was definitely a lot of regular first-team players who started. Yeah, was, and yeah. by the time we finished, it was pretty much like... You wouldn't question that lineup bar one or two players being a league starting lineup, really. Um, but two 0 look, it was comfortable. Morecambe didn't really look like doing anything. I don't even think they really registered a chance of note, to be honest. Um, it was, it was. Uh, to be blunt, it was quite a boring game to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Let's be honest. I'm quite excited about what the new manager is going to bring, what Luke Williams is going to bring. And you cannot, for one second, make any judgments off a game a day after he signs. No. Um, but you could also tell that there was 
difference is with what Swansea were doing, even if it was like, right, just keep the ball more, and that's all they were trying to do, right? But it was boring. It was a boring game to watch. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. I think it, it, it probably, it, I was the same. Well, we, we watched it and we together and we both said it was a it was a bit of a boring one. But I think um, there was probably a bit more expectation as well because he was, he was there, like, you know, new manager was in. And I think we all thought that it was going to be, yeah, you know, this, this new team was going to turn up and we were going to, you know, we were going to win, we were going to win five or six nil or something. And there was that expectation we were going to see these changes straight away. But you, you, we can't take it. I don't think we can take anything from that game. Like you said, he, you know, he was there the day before. He didn't pick the team. He hadn't been in the build-up all week, <clears throat> and he was on the touchline. And it was interesting what he said after the game as well. He said, like, you know, players are going to have to be uncomfortable with the changes he's going to make. So, yeah, I think we're just going to have to wait and see. We can't take too much from that game, especially yeah. <clears throat> when you're playing. Like, you know, no, no disrespect to Morecambe either, but you know, they, like you said, they came to do nothing. So they're going to let you have. They're going to let you have like eighty percent possession, seventy percent possession anyway, just because of the nature of, uh, you know, the, the quality of the players. They're always going to come and sort of sit in deep, aren't they, and let you have the ball. Um, so I guess we've we've got to wait and see on that one. I think we dominated the ball. Um, well, I, I sent you something, didn't I? In terms of like comparing this game to, it's going to be controversial. I know people are going to hate me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I'm excited about what Luke Williams is going to bring and what he's just said is correct. You can't judge it at all. But when you look online, you, it was made out like it was this amazing, like, oh, I see the, the new style. We can see it already. Like, it's amazing yeah. to watch. That's what it was looking like online. Honestly, people saying, like, how good we played. And look, we, we, we controlled the game. We controlled it, but nothing happened. We didn't really create any chances. The two goals that we scored, Charlie Patino's, that was a created chance, but he bundled it home. That was a really good cross, actually, from Sam Parker. Fair play, good. Um, obviously, he's, yeah. he's starting another game, and that's a good involvement for him. So, well done. Um, but Patino's finish, like it's been made. Oh, Patino scored. See, is why he, should, he bundled that in. He nearly didn't score it. He he should have scored it, but he made a hash of it. Like it was, uh, it wasn't a good finish, was it? He just bundled it home. But whatever, it doesn't matter as long as you go in the goal. Um, that's all that matters. And then Jerry Yates's goal was more a look. I can shoot and score from a ball that was kind of loose in front of him than a created opportunity. Mm-hmm. It was wasn't a, a created. Finish, op- it was it was a class finish and fe- a very good poacher instinct from Jerry Yates. What I'm yeah. saying is Swansea didn't create that. No, no, I, think, I know what you mean. Was, I think yeah, there was a bit of confusion the, somewhere, is, and there was a ball, and he turned and hit it. But um, but this is what I'm saying about half the battle with um with getting people on side like people obviously like luke williams in the first interviews that he's that he's done and they like what he said and they like his personality so that performance is a lot different because can you imagine if duff was still in charge and that but we had that boring game it would have been yeah but we did didn't we we did this is what i compared it to you with you with the huddersfield game um, yeah. where it was the game before he got sacked. So Swansea had 22 shots, five on target. They had 78% possession, where they didn't beat Huddersfield, who were in the same league as them. Just saying. Um, same, like a league match. Uh, so it was one all. And we should have won that game. And we created enough opportunities to win that game, but we didn't win that game. However, the, the, the Morecambe game then, Swansea had eight shots, three on target, with only 68% possession, so actually had less of the ball. And one two nil, 
And like that's why I meant said about the goals. Now, this is no slight at all on Luke Williams, because as we said, minimal impact. Just about the way that the narrative online and people's opinions of what they see doesn't yeah, that, add up. That's that's testament to what I said earlier about yeah. like, about just having that likability factor as a manager because yeah. it just gives you that a bit more leniency. And like we said, it's not a criticism of Luke Williams. It's just like it just happened to be that that was a boring game. We're just you're always going to get those games anyway. You're going to get a game where you go and you think, oh god, that was a rubbish game. Yeah. That happens, but I think when you've got a when you've got a likable manager like that and everybody gets behind it, then it doesn't really matter. You kind of just think, right, yeah, that was a good win. Everybody's got a good feeling around the club. Yeah, we like it when we win. We move on. But when you when people have got a dislike for the manager and they're not really getting behind him, and you have that game, there's just no tolerance for it at all. I think I can imagine the atmosphere like then if Duff was in charge, it would have been, uh, you know, if we're nil nil at half time, and they would have been booed off the pitch. 100% they would have been they would have yeah. been brought off the pitch 100% and they, definitely, they definitely would have been but I think that again that's an important part of management that's why I'm excited for Luke Williams because he has got that likability factor I think that's why we've got to be excited and look there were several youngsters on the pitch at the start but we ended with pretty much a full strength team that's why I highlighted the, the comparison there uh, but like I said no you can't judge Luke Williams off it just I just found it quite a dull game and I hope that when he does really put a stamp on it Maybe that control that we had, because we were in control, we weren't a threat of losing the game. And that is also important to say. And and as he yeah, said in his press conference, yeah. the clean sheet wasn't an accident, which... Yeah, exactly. Let's have a few more games before we say that sort of thing, maybe, rather than against League Two's Morecambe, who were, who were not really flying in the league. But, um, but yeah, they ended with such a full-strength team. I just... Even with minimal impact of a new manager, I thought they would create a bit more. That's all. I was a bit disappointed to see that they didn't really. Yeah, it wasn't so, like yeah. there weren't any chances. You thought, oh, I could have scored that. I could have scored that. The only one I can even remember was Charlie Patino having a header saved in the first half. Yeah, yeah, I was good to say it was actually, but no, but yeah, but I think part of that. I know, I know we had a strong enough team out there, but I think the number of changes has an effect on that as well. Doesn't yeah, it? like with yeah, yeah. It happens in the cup, doesn't it? You've seen a team make eleven changes and it doesn't quite click because even though there's there's good there's a good team out there, they don't play together regularly and it's a bit disjointed you know you had like like Kyle Norton was back in and I can't, you know I can't remember the last time he played properly um not that he's obviously not saying he's a bad player but I'm just saying it just doesn't quite click for a while does it um so I think yeah we can't really we can't really take too much from it there's some positives though yeah yeah um obviously I just a start for Sam Parker again go on assist Azim yeah. Abdullah made his return from injury Yep. Playing out right back in this in this game, Joe Allen starting the game after coming back from injury himself, yep. leading the club out as captain. Ollie Cooper got some minutes. I didn't really think he did anything, mind, but that's a shame. I thought I was hoping that he would do some in here to be like, right, I am still here, but he just didn't really do anything. Um, yeah, like I said, Kyle Norton on the pitch, though. You know, he's he's kind of at the other end where he's just there to make the numbers up a little bit and if we need someone to step in and support the youngsters I think he's doing an important job but it's like end of his career Nathan Wood uh, still on, on the comeback trail himself playing 90 minutes in this one so I'm wondering if he's going to be really competing for starts now at, in the league as well Christian Pedersen coming back as, as left back um, again another one returning from injury quite a few of them in this game really and Balassi started didn't really offer so much uh, again 
maybe another conversation about what we do with him when his contract's up in a week or two. Do, do, yeah. what, what, I mean, we haven't signed anyone yet, so it depends, doesn't it, on, on the sitch in the transfer window. We don't sign anyone, I extend him, but if we get one or two in, not sure it's required. Yeah, we, we said that on the podcast with Ben, didn't we? I think it's, if it's a case of it's better than having nobody. Um, not not to be too harsh, but I think, yeah, if there's, if there's someone else on offer, I think you take it because he hasn't exactly, yeah. you know, ripped up trees apart from his song, which which I've enjoyed. Um, Jerry Ace obviously scoring a goal, so I hope that could be the start of better things for him. The only disappointment that I kind of had was the way the bench was used. And I think that's only because the team that started and who was included on the bench, I thought you maybe some of the youngsters... With this, with this first performance. <laughs> No, but do you think like some of the youngsters included there? So you've got Choa on, who we still haven't seen kick a ball. Philip Lissar was on the bench, and Kyra Wilson, who I would have really liked to see get on the pitch. I understand completely why this has happened. Luke Williams has made changes. We ended with pretty much a full strength team. So we had uh, Bashir Humphreys came on, Mac Rimes came on, Patterson came on, Cullen came on. And the only one that maybe isn't included in the full strength lineup, I would suggest, is Kuharovic. Who, but he only came on for like four minutes at the end of the match. And he's the sort of player who needs more minutes. He needs to have more minutes. And then you've got the three youth or youngsters that I mentioned. If you tune it up, I would have liked to have seen a few more of them get on. When is Nathan Chouaton going to make his debut? I don't know what's going on there. He's been on the so bench like every game all season and not got on the pitch. And if he can't get on the pitch against Morecambe at home in a cup... And I, I get why it is, because Luke Williams probably wanted to look at his first team guys and kind of work out what he's going to do with some of them. Because I thought after he was appointed, we'd play a full strength team. But obviously, um, yeah. what happened yeah, I, when he came I, I in, she and picked the team, yeah. didn't he? So that's why. Yeah. But it's a bit of a shame, because Kyro Wilson has been banging him in as well for the under-23s. So. Yeah, it'd be nice for him to, to, get, to get on the pitch, to be honest. I think it's, like you said, I think he probably just wanted to uh, get... Get some of the get some of the players who are likely to start uh, yeah. on Saturday in just to have um you know just a bit of a feel for what he's trying to do um, and now he's got a follow the the Choa on thing I am like I'm absolutely baffled this is another like oh, better isn't it I think we're literally there's, collecting left backs that won't play for there's, us there's got to be something there's got to be something to it because you know even if when Duff was there, he didn't play him. Okay, maybe maybe Duff didn't like him. But then Sheehan comes in, and he doesn't play him at all either. Even with when we've had injuries, like Ashby and Key have been injured. Um, so you think maybe he's somewhere... He's left, though, and he's on the left. I, no, I know, but you think like somewhere he would get a game. Like, and even, like you said, against Morecambe at home in the cup, if he's not even getting on the pitch, then, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's just it's so weird that we've, we have a few players like this, though, where we just sign and... Everybody's kind of scratching their heads. Like, what are they going to play? Like, what are they? It just seems like it happens a lot. Well, it's him and look better at the moment, isn't it? I guess you could say Declan. Oh, Declan John was a left back as well. Yeah, but he, he did played. play. Li- yeah, yeah played, but he played, played well little. He's under Potter, wasn't it? And he had that. Yeah, he had a couple. Of he had that spell where he was linking up with Dan James, and they were just bombing it down the left, and it was quite exciting. Yeah, but after know. Potter went, he just disappeared. Yeah, I and Pedersen. Remember, well. remember Narsing as well, the mystery when he was just on the bench every week. And he was yeah, and then it was like Potter brought him on once, didn't he? Or was it Cooper? I can't remember. They brought no, him on one game. Potter, yeah. They brought him on in a cup game, like as a sub. As if yeah, he was a, a sort of like middle finger up to 
the people saying that he can't make an appearance. Yeah, I'm sure there was. There, I don't know if it was true. I don't know if it came out as true, but there was the rumor was that if he made like another appearance, they had to pay like yeah. an extra money or something, wasn't it? But, but how do we get caught up in these things? It's all, it's just it's ridiculous. That's such a wasted talent who we got to the championship and he was on the bench all the time. Yeah, out of the risk of didn't play. At the risk of paying him extra money, we're playing him. We might and have, they were uh, Joel Asoro instead and Barry Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, weird. Yeah, one. Do you remember, remember one. there was the mystery of that season as well? Like, why Dyer and Routledge never played, and then it was. And then December. they came in for Cardiff, for class. No, it was. You know, they did actually come in for Cardiff, but I think they came in like Brentford away, and we were like 3 0 up after like 10 minutes or something. I remember we had Brentford away at like. Um, it was Christmas as if they time. were like. And they just randomly started, and we were like 3 0 up. In really I'd like to on. know the reasoning behind it, because I feel like. I don't think it was old Potter. I feel like he must have been no, told no. because it was the whole thing with Ayu as well. They shipped Ayu off, but then they were fine with him. By the time Cooper comes in, they accepted using him. And Boney, like, yeah, he, he did have some appearances eventually. There's a few of them that were just like, we couldn't get rid of him in the summer, so they were still here, but then they didn't want to use them. Mm. It's just weird. It is funny, and I'd love to know what's going on with... Uh... Like now with Joe on, I'd, I'd love to. It was it was strange because when he came in, obviously, if anybody knew a lot about him, then fair enough because I knew nothing, of, you know, of the player. You know, signing him from from PSV it was, wasn't it? I just thought, you know, that's uh, that's quite interesting. Let's see, let's see what he's got. And I think to be fair, it was it... highlighted as one for the future. Yeah, and I think Duff said that in a press conference. But with our left-back situation, I thought that we would have seen him. Pedersen's been out for most of the year, and you'd think you'd have at least got some minutes. No, it was Excelsior, wasn't it? We signed him from somewhere. <clears throat> I was trying yeah. to think of who it was. But yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. We had injuries. Like, Pedersen was injured. Ashby and Key were injured. And he never even had, like, a minute on the pitch. Weird one. And Ogbetta's back from injury by all accounts now as well, isn't he? So maybe one of them will one day... Maybe Luke Williams will fancy one of them, you know? You, you, <laughs> you can work in my system. Yeah, maybe. We'll yeah. see, we'll see. I doubt it. Um, shout out to Guion... Uh, Guion Edwards as well, who um Swan's youth product, who got on the pitch for Morecambe, having yep. signed for them days before the match, so... Actually got on the pitch at the uh, Swansea.com. Yeah, well, he scored. Didn't he score? He scored against Strips, <coughs> which I think. Uh yeah, yeah, he's played against ago, us before, but yeah. I mean, he didn't play for us, did he? Really, no, in competitive no. capacity. Oh. No. Yeah, it might, it might be in Wigan. I think he was Wigan. He was that before. Yeah, he's been around. He's been around a few clubs now, isn't he? Yeah. So anyway, um, and this week we are going, and we are going to this as well, Birmingham, away. So. As much as we just detailed, and I scrutinised a little bit the performance against Morecambe. <laughs> Slated him. <laughs> I'm actually excited to see, now he's had a full week of training, his first league match yeah. against Birmingham away. Um, obviously on Saturday, what's the date? The 13th, is it, or the 12th? 13th, 13th. of um, January. First league game under Luke Williams. Also the first league game for Birmingham's new manager, Tony Mowbray. After Wayne Rooney disappointingly was sacked before this game, I know, gutted. It's always the case, isn't it? Couldn't have waited just another, another league game. But it's, but, it, but it's difficult, one, isn't it? Because normally, you're like, oh, new manager, they're gonna have a new manager bounce. But then so should we. So it's a bit of an interesting. 
look, this line I'm, match this one. I'm so excited for this one because it just like stinks of like a first game of the season, doesn't it? Like no, they no. got a new manager. <laughs> we yeah, we got a new manager. Nobody knows what the well, I guess we got an idea, but nobody kind of knows what the lineup's going to be, what the formation's going to be, and it's just got that like sort of excitement about it, isn't it? Yeah, so let's so let's kind of talk about that because we can't really talk about much else. Um, Birmingham, when we played them last time this season, we're kind of doing well under John Eustace, and we got a draw, didn't we? We drew one all. Or... Well, it was first game of the season. Nil nil, one all. It was, one of them. No, it was one all. It was yeah, it one was all, first yeah. game of the season. Yeah. So yeah, funny how it's and... come full circle. Yeah. I remember we were talking about that game and when we were talking like five, six games into Duff's um, Duff's start of the season and we were like, all right, yeah, we're still struggling. We haven't won yet or whatever, but Birmingham are flying and we got a point in commentary, we got a point. And I remember us talking about this as a positive. Yeah. The fact that we drew against Birmingham because of where they were. That's the point of this. what I'm saying. It's just funny how things have changed where they sacked the manager very unfairly, in my opinion, and with no reason other than the fact that um, I guess we can relate to Swansea fans. American owners wanted to bring their own guy in. And as much as Wayne Rooney's not American, he's had time at an American club in DC United. And that's obviously where it's come from. Uh, it's a name, you know, isn't it? It's, it's kind of like the whole Bob Bradley situation again. But Birmingham were actually doing well in the league at the time, whereas we were not, you know, not the same in the Prem at the time, but I do think Guidelin got unfairly sacked for Bradley, and I think Ustis got unfairly sacked for Rooney, and ultimately what followed was um, yep. an absolute catastrophe. And I think I saw saw something somewhere that Rooney's time was actually, I think he spent less days in a job than Bob Bradley did. Oh, wow. Is that true? Bloody hell. I didn't, yeah, didn't realise Don't quote that. me on it. I'm pretty sure that I saw he that. He wasn't long. He wasn't there long, was he? No. And when did we sack? When did we sack Bradley to then bring in? Who was after him? Claremont, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure we sacked Bob Bradley over Christmas. I think like round about Boxing Day. I think he was sacked just before Christmas. I think. And when did he get brought in? Well, Boxing Day he was after, but just before. Um, he got brought in quite early on because I feel like it was we like had seven a horrible games. start to the league, didn't we? Because we had like. Man City, Liverpool, Man United. We had like a really hard start to the league, didn't we? And we actually did all right, but because we like didn't pick up loads of points, they sacked Greedlin. Okay, so he was sacked by Swansea after 85 days. So 85 days in the job, and Wayne Rooney had... Let's have a look. I want to say it was quite similar, but I think maybe a little bit less. Oh, of course, it's giving me his playing history, not his manager history. I'll get that in a second. But um, yeah, I just find it quite interesting the trajectory, really. And they're fighting below us now in the league, which yeah. is nuts because they looked like they did look like they were a good team looking for a push towards the playoffs this season at one stage. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were. They were. They were doing really well, and they used us when they for a while. So eighty-three days, Rooney. Oh, there we are. So he was oh, less. He beat Bob Bradley by two days. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> Do you know what though? They got to win against Cardiff. They yeah, got to win did, against yeah. Cardiff in that time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There's yeah, something to celebrate. It was a way as well, <laughs> wasn't it? 
So yeah, Mowbray going to Birmingham. Not sure what to expect there. So let's have a look. I'm expecting for us. I would not be shocked to see us deploy a five at the back or three at the back, depending on how you look at it. I think yeah. if he doesn't do it this game, I think it's coming. It just depends if he feels comfortable with the time maybe he's had with the squad. Yeah, what's, I, it's an odd one. What you do? This is this is why it's so exciting in this game because everybody's going to be asking that question up until <clears> two o'clock when like, the team comes out. We recruited for that in the summer, really, I and know. that will definitely. So if we can, if we can make that formation work, which like I, I like four two three one, but the squad we have is more suited to five. We don't have yeah. wingers. I think it is now, yeah. When we used to have a four-two-three-one, that was the best football we played, wasn't it? In that system, but you know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Do you? What you do as a new manager? Do you kind of not change it massively at the start? Do you kind of just slowly implement what you're doing, or do you just, you know, do you just go for it straight away? You say, right, this is the way we're going to play. We're going to do it from day one. Um, and we're going to build on it. So it was kind of like when Russell Martin's first game when we went to... Um, it was Blackburn away, wasn't it? First game of the season. And we were like really, really like dodgy at the back, like trying to play it out. And and, and Bender was in goals and he had a bit of a mare like got caught so many times. But 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 that, that that's what they did. They went, this is the way we're going to play and we're going to do it from day one. And we're going to build on it. So I, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I, yeah. I think he'll revert. I think he'll revert this week because it was only last season Russell Martin was here doing it. And Duff tried it for the first half of his time here as well. So it's not like they've been out yeah. of the loop with that formation for that long. And I'm sure he's reverted to it within games as well, Duff did. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like, this is a brand new thing for us in terms of the players playing in that formation. And then... Surely you just, rather than input the ideas of how he wants to play onto the players in a four at the back and then all of a sudden, right, you've got a lot of my ideas, now we're going to add in and change to a five. Surely it'd be just better to do them both together. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that's um, I think that's what he should do. Like, And that's why I'm really looking forward to the game because I want to see... I just kind of want to see what he's going to do. It might not work. You know, it might take it might take time for it to actually click into place and... It might not actually yeah. work on Saturday, but um, I want to. I want to kind of see what he's going to do. I really want to see his ideas on the pitch. So I think it'll probably be a five from what we've what we've heard. So um, yeah, but I think like Martin's system worked quite well, didn't it? Because we had Norton to play in the middle of the three for a while. That was kind of the best time, wasn't it? Yeah. But we haven't, I don't know, what you did with Darlin in the middle of the three or Cabango in the middle of the three. Probably Cabango, isn't it? With Humphreys and Darlin. No, I think it would be Woods when he's Woods. Yeah, Woods. Yeah, Woods. That's who said, yeah. Martin was using when Norton fell out of favour, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I think we currently got, a, I don't know if Ashby's going to be fit enough to play in this one. I believe he was back on the grass in the yeah. last couple of weeks. He wasn't on the bench against Morecambe. So whether he's able to start and play 90, I'm not sure. Key, I don't believe, is fit. So whether Darlin is going to continue on the right, in which case you might get all three of Humphreys, Cabango and Wood playing with, yeah. I would imagine, Timon stays left wing back. But then Pedersen's capable of playing centre as well. So Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but see, that's, that's massive with all these injuries coming back. All of a sudden you've got options. 
which yeah. we haven't had for months. You know, Wood, Pedersen, uh, you know, Allen, and these players coming back. And you know, when, once we get Key and Ashby back as well, all of a sudden you've got you've got plenty of options there to um, to pick from. So yeah, I think midfield. Yeah. Right, here we go then. So Grimes will be holding. I'm trying to picture. I'm trying to picture the formation. I think Grimes will be holding, and you might get Patino and Patterson, I'm going to say. Yeah, maybe. Do you think it would be Patino or Felton? I think, if he's going with his style, um, I think he's going to go with Patino. But does he need two holding? Um Maybe Pat, or maybe Patson. I don't know. Patson's been good, but yeah. I, so that, that's going to be the most interesting team selection there, isn't it? In that midfield three, Grimes is definitely going to play. Um, does he need another hold him, like a, a sort of hold him midfielder there in Fulton to allow Patterson to get? Yeah, the forward? three of them. The three of them could play, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be really interesting to see who he picks. But I don't know if he's going to... Will he do two? I, I don't know. Because Tom was saying in that video, he doesn't always necessarily do one or two up top and he kind of interchanges. So it's, I, I mean, we're just guessing and we, we are just yeah, guessing yeah. at this point. What so, I will yeah, say exactly. is it will be interesting to see who he does feature and who gets dropped to the bench. If he goes to a five at the back system, one of the four players is going to lose out, essentially. So Jamal Lowe didn't fit in the Russell Martin style of play. And he was quite swiftly shown the door. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. Luke Williams was the assistant when that happened. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about that? Like, where, where do you think this one's going? Yeah, I, I, I don't know really, because we're not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to be able to play wide like he has been, is he? Um, As he's been playing striker recently though, isn't he? And yeah, I don't, but I think, think he does that very well. No, I think I fully expect that he'll go with Yates up front. I think um, for this first game, I think Yates is going to play on his own up front, which means there's no place for for Lowe or Cullen actually. So that'll be interesting to see. As if Patterson starts, you're assuming he's going to play Patterson. I think. Yeah, it. unless he could play Lowe off Yates through the middle. Um, or Cullen off Yates. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, there's so many options. It's going, to be, it's going to be so interesting. But like you said, Lowe fell out of favour quite quickly um, under Martin, where under Cooper he had like 16 goals in the season, you know, 14, whatever it was. So. Yeah, but um, he was playing up with Andre Ayew quite often then as well, wasn't he? So. Yeah. So. I don't think we've seen. He's not that same player right now. Oh, no, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not been. Um, he's not ripped up trees, really, is he? Since he's come back, he's, we've seen glimpses of it. I mean, like the goal he scored against Ipswich away, where he like runs the defenders and takes. Yeah, that and was kind of the low of old, but that is, we've only seen it in flashes. Just show it more, isn't it? Like take players on more. Like he just doesn't do it. Oh, we've been desperate for someone to do it. So um, yeah, I don't, well, look, look, like when. Uh, he scored the goal against Cardiff away under Cooper, and he's like run yeah. basically the length of the pitch. He'll, he'll, always, he'll always be like in the history books for that one, but he still needs to turn up now while he's here, doesn't he? Yeah, I just don't know what he's offering currently. It's, it's going to be again. Oh, this is this is why he's so exciting because it's going to be a big statement to see 
who he picks if like for example someone like Lowe, like you said has been playing quite regularly over the last you know month or so is then yeah. on the bench is, is a bit of a statement to say like you know his, his initial thought is that he doesn't fit in well it might not be we might read too much into that but we'll see yeah so you might be one player low to watch out for with with a new manager we talk about players that might benefit he might be one that doesn't players that might benefit I think Matt Grimes you probably start seeing the best out of him again Ollie Cooper you'd imagine should be looking at this with you know he he should be looking at this as opportunity to kind of push on he didn't even feature on the bench against uh, West Brom Sam Parker's on the bench ahead of Ollie Cooper yeah, but Which, rightly so as well. Yeah, right, rightly so. But um, I mean, but if you're in Ollie Cooper's shoes, you would look at that as a player who's made one appearance at this point, one appearance for Swansea first team is getting on the bench ahead of me. Like, what, what am I doing? I know, but I in all the games he's played this season, bar yeah, I agree with you. Ollie scored a Plymouth. Bar Plymouth, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you, but he needs to look at that as a little bit of a, like, right, I need to sort myself out here. Yeah, well, hopefully it'll be a boost uh, for him as well. It'll be a boost to all players. I'm the one, well, the two that I'm really, really looking at to see improvements are Patino and Yates. Those are the two that I'm really, like, focusing on is that I want to see massive improvements now. Like, I've heard that the system doesn't fit them and... Maybe they're not, you know, some it's not quite working. I want to those two. I'm expecting massive improvements from. I hope it comes because I think they've got it in them. It's funny enough that you say, "Oh, the system doesn't suit well, them." That's what I've the... been told. When no, no, when same I, because, because apparently at Blackpool, the the trademark move for Charlie Patino was like a slip through ball or a disguised yeah. through ball to yeah. Yates running onto it, you yeah. know, and maybe that's what we haven't been able to see. And the, he did it once early in the season, I forget who that was against, where yeah, a goal won't. was scored from it. Yeah. But we haven't really seen it that much since. Um, so maybe that is correct. Maybe it's a correct assumption to make, and I hope that we can see more of it. Um, the other one I want to mention, because we haven't talked about him, and it's probably harsh, because he did start against West Brom, but I haven't seen any news on his injury, and that's Liam Walsh. I haven't seen whether... Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what, what to think about that, whether that's good or bad, whether they haven't mentioned it because he's okay, or whether they have mentioned it because it's not good. Yeah, I Because maybe I they have mentioned it, and he, they just they just took him off as a precaution. He didn't feature in the cup match, and now he's okay for selection again. Because if he is available, you know, maybe he's got his... He's got a shout, because I think he's been performing good. He performed very good under Russell Martin in the few games towards the end of his uh, tenure here. And, I mean, again, it shows when you've got a fully fit team, if you're Ollie Cooper, you're worried. But, yeah, I hope I hope he's okay, but I feel like he's not. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. You kind of get all these injuries coming back, and then um, he's out, and he was playing well, and he? he scored against Coventry, and then, uh, he, you know, and then he was kind of finding a bit of bit of game time wasn't he and then he's been injured again i i don't think because they kind of released pictures today didn't they of the um the training players training and i didn't see him in it i can't re- remember seeing him and i'm just having a quick flick through now but i don't think he was there that's a shame i haven't fully watched the press conference it might have been mentioned but I, i've had a quick read through some stuff and i just haven't seen his name in the last two weeks pop up anywhere 
usually when someone goes off like that, you, there's an article like, oh, he's out for this long. But I haven't yeah. seen anything. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, that's probably that. But um, i got one more thing I want to discuss. But before we do that, what do you think? Win, win in his first game? I hope so. It'd be such a good feeling around the club if he wins his first game away. It'd be like 2,000 in the away end. If he gets that first win, the, the, it would just lift everything, wouldn't it? Um, so, yeah, I'm going I'm going good win. I'm going 3-1. 3-1? Let's go. Um, yeah, come on. Let's have it. I'm going to say um, 2-0 Swansea. Nice. I like Being that. Being optimistic, but yeah. got to be optimistic when someone comes in with the, the, this much positivity, haven't you? Yep. We'll save the negativity for the drive home if it doesn't go <laughs> to plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, the last thing I want to talk about, because we're talking about style of play, we're talking a bit about a player dropping deeper, picking up uh, markers and causing havoc and having a really good time of it, and how that would be really useful in, in the system that we're going to perhaps implement under Luke Williams. Morgan Whitaker being touted for a 10 million move to, uh, I know you're going to shake your head as soon as I mention him, um, to Brentford. And apparently Spurs interested as well. I don't know how concrete that is. But the only reason I mention it is because the Swans would be set to receive, I think it was 25% of um, the sale, which would be 2.5 million if it was 10 million. Yeah. That's what I, I said to the thing, didn't I? That's what I said, 10, uh, 20 Yeah, it is, it is right there. Obviously, don't know the full details because no, none of us have seen the contract, whether that's 25% of the profit or 25% total sale. Obviously, if the total sale is, because as they are these days structured, not all upfront cash, probably means we wouldn't get the amount all upfront and there'd be complications and all that sort of stuff. Um, but by all accounts... I kind of just wanted to ask, like, we, we sold him for, what was it, £1 million to Plymouth in the summer, around that mark? Yeah. Being t- Even if he doesn't move in January now, right, and he goes, he's being touted to Brentford for £10 million. Like, what do we say about that? I have no idea. I'm, I don't know, I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a loss. Maybe he's, like, sort of on the way up, because... You know he's he is scoring a lot of goals this year in the championship, but for me, I never saw it. I I, I didn't really understand the. I didn't see it I, either, for the record. So, but then, but then again, you know, you got someone like Giorgares, wasn't it? Went to us and, we, and then he went to Coventry, was banging the goals, and we were thinking, well, <laughs> I don't understand. He's been touted for massive moves now. Yeah, maybe it just doesn't work, you know, and players work at different, you know, different clubs. But I don't know, when I saw that, 10 million for Whitaker, I just thought, oh my God, like, what have I missed here? I've, I've missed something. But, you know, he might go on might go on to Brentford now and be absolutely class in the Premier League. Yeah, if, if that Dar- happens. Like, Derby sold him to us. Like, Derby sold When they were in the Championship, they just sold, they, we, that was weird enough for me when we had him from Derby early doors. Maybe they needed money at the time, didn't they? But um, I don't know. It was just like it was just a really weird move for me that we were able to sort of take like a young talent from a team in the same league. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, but we took more uh, because we took Nathan Wood for free. Yeah, no, that was a good signing as well. Well, that was um, that was a good signing. Well, that's a weird well, one, I thought. If he was this, because obviously he was touted for big moves this summer. 
I'm surprised he was let go, you know, or able to run his contract down. But exactly, that, that, that's that's kind of kind of what it is, isn't it? Like they obviously didn't see much in him, and and they were wrong, and maybe it's the same with us with Whitaker. But I, yeah, ten million. Yeah, I mean, I'll take I the just, money if we get money for it. So I just think it was mismanagement with Whitaker more than yeah anything. And look, I don't think he's innocent in the situation because I think he didn't. He obviously had his head drop and his head wasn't in and after the mismanagement and maybe that's the wrong attitude. So when you go to a new club like he went to Plymouth and he had the lone spell there, he's there to press, he's there to play with freedom. They loved him. He's the main man for them. All of a sudden your head's in a different place there. I understand how you can show your best football in that environment. Um, but when we're the parent club and we see that and we call him back, you expect that to come back too. Yeah, that was just that was I, I really don't know what happened there. It was a bit of a toxic situation when that was all in that January transfer window that went yeah. shape, wasn't it? That was I yeah. think it's a uh, it's a it's an example of player power and the influence players have on decisions and stuff these oh, yeah. days. Yeah. And a reminder that like you know, people say like no one's bigger than the club and all the rest of it, but why did he not like even when he was on the pitch here? He didn't show anything like that sort of form or look like getting there, you know. And maybe it's because he didn't want to be here and whatever. But we were still paying his wages. Ultimately, he ended up getting to move somewhere that he wanted to be, and he's flourishing as a result of it. So, I was just talking about the situation. I'm not saying if he's right or wrong in what he did, if the club's right or wrong in what they did. Ultimately, there's a player there that's being valued at a certain amount. We couldn't realised potential to realise the gains and we know the structure of Swansea at the moment is to buy uh, projects and make them better and make a lot of profit out of them he fell into that category clearly and I guess you, you've got to say that the, the scouting work that was done before we signed him must have been correct because he's in the situation now he's touted for 10 million um, and that's only going to go up if he keeps the output. So the output is 13 goals this season in the championship, and I want to say five assists he's got. So what's that, like 18 goal contributions? Yeah. That's, that's, that's night and day above what we have at the moment with anyone, which is a shame. Yeah, stairwise, it is going to be a missed opportunity by the looks of it, but sometimes, like I said, it just doesn't work out because there's... We obviously got it really wrong. Whatever happened, we couldn't yeah. manage him and get the best out of him. But uh, I personally didn't see it when uh, when he was on the pitch for us. But um, like I said, like you know, we said the same about Giorgares, and then look what happened after that. Look, I personally didn't see it either, and I called him out earlier this season as well. I didn't think he'd do very well for Plymouth, and I'm happy to say I probably was maybe a bit wrong because he's putting the numbers in, isn't he? And he's their main man, and he's. If they lose him, Plymouth, I'd be a bit worried for Plymouth because they've just lost Luke Kendall, who was doing a big job for them. They've just lost that... What's his name? Basically had two of their loans cancelled, didn't they? Yeah. Azan or something, I want to say. Yeah. I can't remember his name now. I'll try to find it. But basically, they've had a couple of their really good performance. And I guess that highlights the risk of loan moves, right? And why our fans sometimes get frustrated with the amount of uh, loans that we have. Um, but 
they can get recalled. Finazan it was. He's he's obviously got recalled and, and been shipped off elsewhere. Middlesbrough he's at now. Um but they they they're obviously a club that's come up from League One and all their best talents get it poached. They had the manager poached not so long ago. So yeah, I guess for their sake they want to keep Whitaker. But the positive out of it as well for us is, and I guess the other way of looking at it, we moved a player on that wasn't quite working for us for whatever the reason was. It didn't work out. Maybe there's a clever clause in that contract that sees us get a little bit more for him than what we actually sold him for. So people say it was a cheap amount for him to go in the summer. Maybe they knew in the long term, look, we know there's a player there. We can't tap into it, but one day we will get something for that. Yeah, I'll take that. We'll take what we can get at the moment. If it means bringing, if that might mean bringing in another player in January, if he goes, we'll uh, we'll take that all day. Yeah, indeed. Right. I think we'll end it there. It's been another long one, but I think when these managerial changes happen, there's always a lot to talk about. And probably be a bit more back to normal next yeah. week. And uh, yeah, yeah. Win well, I'm sure we'll have plenty of talk about it after the Birmingham game. Yeah. Okay, we'll call it a day. Let us know in the comments what you think about everything we spoke about, as always. Thanks for the support. We've had plenty of new subscribers in the last week or so, so welcome to all the new uh, viewers on YouTube. And if you're on Spotify, don't forget, you can rate us on there as well, or on Apple, and it all helps and uh, helps with our visibility and progression and channel growth and stuff. So appreciate all your support, and uh, have a good one. See you soon. The match has just finished, and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the Muck Delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering Muck Delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.